keep on kissing babies and hugging fat girls. Sell out full of suffering, suck attach, son. It's me, Austin. Oh, son of a bitch. What? It's me, Austin. It was me all along, Austin. And you teeth look like two tight too, Billy. And you book a match with me. That's right, Killing. Look at me. I'm a total package. I will rip him apart. I'm pissed now. Where to, Stephanie? <laughs> Wrestle Roasts on ad-free shows and ATC. Welcome, everybody, to Wrestle Roasts. I am your host, Dan St. Germain. I'm here with Scott Chaplin and Robert Karpolis. We are doing the roast of Jeff Jarrett today. We're talking dynamite today. We're doing high spot, low spot. How are you fellas doing? As if I wasn't just recording with you for an hour. I'm doing damn good, brother. How are you doing? Oh, I'm I'm pretty good, man. I get to uh, get to talk about Jeff Jarrett who I, one of the nicest wrestlers that I've met, if not the nicest guy. Um, but before I get into Robert, I did purposely. He's the only one who hasn't asked you, please leave me alone. <laughs> uh, Robert uh, was biting his tongue. I No, no. Uh, Jared is, he's a, he's a very nice guy. Uh, I think that, you know, we'll have an interesting bright spot on him, but uh, today I had to do research on Jeff Jarrett and watch Dynamite, so it's been a rough go. Well, Dynamite was better than you think it is, but we'll get into that. We'll, we'll get. We'll December. Get to we it. have a huge show, by the way, on December twenty third. Next week, um, I will be gone. My it's my wife's birthday, so we're hanging out. So you guys can do with the show what you want. But on December twenty third, third, we are doing the roast of Mister T, Mister T, who won at WrestleMania. But what what better revenge, Scott and Robert, would there be than Cowboy Bob Orton's son coming in to roast Mr. T as a way? Wait, is that happening? Yeah, Nathan Orton is going to be here. Oh, hell yeah. He's going to be roasting Mr. T with us. So Cowboy Bob Orton's second favorite baby boy. <laughs> well uh we'll be uh we'll be killing killing it if you don't know nathan he's really funny man he's a good guy friend of mine oh he's so funny man so so funny yeah yeah he he already said yes scott you can relax Uh, (laughs) i'm I'm excited i mean i've i've worked with cowboy bob worked with randy randy who has listened to this show and likes it and didn't want to kick our asses so that's a plus that makes one of them patreon this week we've got in your house five we uh myself and scott and then robert joins us later at the penultimate time of the episode I did a mike lawrence style run in at the yeah. end in your house five british bulldogs bret hart really interesting fun pay-per-view uh and uh the week after that we're doing mrs little miss mrs santa's little helper and so we're recognizing all holidays this year the roast of barry horowitz <laughs> <laughs> in true, longest bright side i will ever do in true brett fashion um well in true i, I don't fashion, know who barry horowitz just, is what i don't know who barry horowitz is you don't know who barry horowitz oh man dude no. he's the greatest jobber of all time how is this possible yeah he is the greatest jobber of all time and he became part of the active roster eventually because he was so good of a job he's like 
everything Leon Ruff did, he he did earlier and and arguably, man, but definitely like Brooklyn Brawler. Yes, no. but good. Yeah, but like it was good, and he was like, you know, like he had like Jewish pride, and would come out to have. We'll we'll, we'll 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 educate you. I do just want to. This is a teaser for uh, the Patreon folks. When you go and listen to this uh, this week's in your house review, you will learn that Scott Chaplin does not know who Marv Albert is. So that's just a little put that put that in your mind, and oh, when you is. go We're and listen to old, it, old dude. We're old now. We are old. But that's it's just not, one where I'm just well, curious I mean, how people would decide. Barry Horowitz, it's not like you didn't know who fucking Kurt Cobain was. You know? I'm just curious when people like what side people are going to come down on, because there might be a whole plethora of people that come out and like, well, I have no idea how Mark Albert is. is us. It'll probably be divided. <laughs> yes, we'll we'll see how that goes. Uh, also, we have uh, locked down the date for our uh Wrestle Roast Christmas uh, Party, our live Zoom for our Patreon members. Uh, it is going to be uh, – fuck, what the hell did – I just closed my phone oh, as I had it up. I think it was December 29th. Yes, December 29th. December 29th, we are going to be doing the our end-of-the-year awards. We're going to be doing our, uh, our Cameo Secret Santas. We're doing a surprise roast. If you are a member of Patreon, you get a free invitation to this live event. Uh, if you are not a member of Patreon, that's a hell of a time to, to uh, join. So sorry. 27th. So, yeah, we're fine. Yeah. All right. 27th. Sounds good. We are definitely not doing it on the 27th. That is my that is my 40th birthday. Yeah, that you is, said the 29th, I thought. Oh, yes. shit. Sorry. Yes, sorry. It's 29th. Oh, yes. No, as much as I want to spend my 40th birthday <laughs> with you damn. guys recording the podcast. Uh, you said 40th I, birthday? But you, 40th have to be birthday. A, you have to be a patron to come to the party. Yes. Yeah. There you go. There's our Robert, Robert is Patch Adamsing <laughs> if he's turning 40. I'm a doctor who wears clown makeup. Oh no, wait, not Patch Adams. Who's the motherfucker's name? Benjamin Button. Benjamin Button. Patch Adams. Benjamin Button. A like, button and a patch. You, you know, you like, a only button. he still kind of has a baby face, but his hair is aging, so it's just yes. <laughs> uh, something of sports this week. Damn I it! Off with Robert. I was back on Robert. Uh, that's part of our ten dollars tier. Next week, Robert's gonna do Raw, and I'm gonna do NXT Deadline. Um, which I'm going to get to it at the end of the show, but they have a stipulation match, which is going to be either fun or bad fun. Uh, oh, and, uh, one last tease for next week's show, since Dan for once this year is going to ignore wrestling to talk to his wife. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, Scott and I are going to be joined for a segment with Nick Hausman, who's going to be talking about the fallout from the Ring of Honor final battle and their post press conference which it's Ring of Honor. It's going to be a folding table with maybe some chairs. Yep. Last <laughs> outlaw of wrestling journalism. Nick Hauser. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a seamless transition. Uh, yeah, I may be covering a little bit of uh, Ring of Honor on, on something to sports too. I'm not sure yet. Right. Bright side, everybody. Bright side. Jeff Jarrett. The roast of Jeff Jarrett. Got to start with the bright side of the ring. And man, I just want to start out by saying at the Pritchard roast, he was my favorite guy as far as how to deal with it, how to deal with him. He had a great sense of humor, really nice guy as far as um, how he took jokes, really great backstage. Uh, it's one of my favorite nights in comedy ever. Um, and uh, because I got to work with these guys. So like, I'll never, and I liked Jeff Jarrett when I was younger, you know, when I was 10 or 11, but I'll never have, I know Jeff gets a lot of hate 
but I will never give him the hate that probably some even guys on this podcast are going to give him. Um, you know, I, I, I respected it. How, you know, I respect how long he's been in the business. He's been in the business for almost 40 fucking years and he survived. I, I liked his first character in WWE. I liked his match with Sean. I thought he was a good IC champion, kayfabe accomplishments, triple a mega champion six-time nwa tna world champion pro wrestling illustrated feud of the year most inspirational of the year four-time wcw world champion three-time united states champion nwa north american championship uh european champion six-time intercontinental champion a wwe tag team champion wwe hall of fame tna hall of fame and wrestling observer feud of the year so the guy has done a shitload in this business and uh, is our partner at Ad Free Shows, um, which who knows if they'll. Is that still? Yeah, that's a partnership still? Yeah, I think. Yeah. Still... Good we, are, we are a proud member. I, wait, I will the... say I will say this as far as like, you know, because like now Bruce can hardly say shit because he's with WWE, you know, um, but you watch these, uh, you listen to these. I mean, the My World podcast, there's some really fun stuff in it, so. And I enjoyed the Ric Flair. I was on the bonfire talking about this. I enjoyed the Ric Flair, Jeff Jarrett first angle kickoff where they're both bleeding. It just kind of reminded me of the beginning of one of those taboo porn videos. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, that was kind of fun. But, um, you know, well, well, I, I think that there's a bigger bright side than you may think with Jeff Jarrett. But uh, Robert? Thanks. Um, <laughs> no, no. All right. Jeff Jarrett. I mean, can you disagree as, with anything that I said there? No, I was going to say, yeah. you know, Jeff Jarrett uh, was a a very accomplished wrestler in the ring, coming from Memphis, coming from that style and that world, and understanding that a lot of it is about stalling, a lot of it is about showmanship. Uh, it's wrestling a slow match because you have to go out there in that town week after week after week. And that was how he was brought up by his by his dad. And I think a lot of people as second generation wrestlers, you carry the baggage of your father. And and Jerry Jarrett, not a well-loved person in the business, kind of the problem that Tully Blanchard had, where you know his dad had sued every promoter on the planet uh for antitrust violations. And yeah. he had to go in there and deal with all this. So Jeff came with a lot of baggage. Uh he had a good look. His gimmick when he first came into the WWF was a good gimmick for that era. The the country music star at a point in time when country music was becoming a big mainstream, you know, hot thing. It was yeah, it was the, different than hockey talk too. It was, right, it was different from hockey talk. It was like Garth Brooks crossing over and being a mainstream star. Country was the number one selling genre in music at that time. This I is believe I believe that's still the case, right? Oh, I'm sure I it is. I mean, right. Yes. It's, it's very possible. Um, his matches in WWF were, were good. The problem is there are some guys who just aren't main event level talent. And if he would have been content to be uh, a strong upper mid card guy, an intercontinental title level guy, go out there have good matches, be a utility player, and be happy in that role, I don't think people would have much of an issue with him. The problem was he went to WCW during that that last run. He left WWF uh, after No Mercy and went over to WCW, 
and was like Vince Russo's guy. And he's like, this is my top main event guy. This is my number one star. And put him in a position, much like what Triple H was going through in WWF, where it's Jarrett's going to beat everyone. Jarrett's our guy no matter what. We're going to ignore what the audience is saying. We're going to ignore who the audience wants to see. It's going to be Jarrett. And then WCW went into business. You're like, okay, Jeff Jarrett's not a top guy. Then he starts his own promotion. And he is the top guy in that promotion year after year after year. And people got frustrated because they thought he's harming the business. He wasn't having bad matches per se, but they weren't great matches. No one was going, oh my God, you have oh, to see this. As somebody who watched a lot of the TNA pay-per-views, he had some he had some bad fucking matches. He had he didn't have good matches, but there wasn't anything where it was like truly like negative 10 stars this guy doesn't belong in wrestling we just watched you know in your oh, house with Mabel. He's, very he's competent but he's not the guy that you put the company behind and it's it's one of those situations where because he was constantly pushed like that it it led to a lot of negative feelings about him he's a guy who loves wrestling and he constantly wants to create a promotion whether it was reshaping wcw or tna or global force or when he went back to WWE or now back in AEW where he wants to help the business. He wants to build it. He wants to create it in the way that, that he sees and thinks is, is important. And by creating TNA created a platform for a ton of talent. Like he scooped up a lot of guys like a Christopher Daniels or an AJ Styles or a Samoa Joe or Eric Young or Robert Roode, James Storm. The list goes on and on of people who might not have gotten the shot in WWE and they had a platform and he grew it from weekly pay-per-views to being on Spike TV. And that's really commendable. I mean, he launched that platform and probably changed the wrestling business in that way more than almost anything he did in wrestling. Yeah, and I will say he's one of the better guys about criticism. Like he's in he, you know, he'll be on my world and he's like got the more rational opinion of Meltzer. Where he's like, well, it's some guy's opinion, and you know, there's no good or bad opinions, but and, he's and also glad to make it responsible for probably the best Mike Lawrence joke of all time. Oh right. yeah. I mean people still it's such a great joke that people sometimes like come up to me and I have to be like, no, it's Mike's <laughs> Wait, so, What is it? What is uh, it? So uh, I'll, I'll just preface by this was he had Mike had this is before I knew Mike and he had reached out to me uh, through Twitter and he was like, Hey, I'm doing the, the Pritchard roast. Can I run some jokes by you and just kind of see what your, your take on it is. And it was, I was broke. So I was a fan of Mike Lawrence's comedy. So I'm like, absolutely. And he got to the, he got to that joke and I absolutely fucking lost it. I'm like, that's, you're going to, absolutely destroy with it and i think to this day it's one of those things that like conrad brings it up all the time on his podcast and loving it the most it, yeah it's the most memorable angle you've ever been in was karen oh my gosh yeah it's great it was fucking like, golden god you damn know, it you know who also loved that joke jeff fucking jared oh my gosh i'm sure he was like oh yeah my wife's fucking hot as shit but you know and he's gone through, you know, he's definitely been able to patch more sobriety than me lately. So, yeah. Well, uh, you know, hey, he took a picture with me at StarCast, and I remember some other guys uh, did not want to do that. Unless anyone I you want to bury on the show? No, no, no. I'm a coward. Uh, when <laughs> it comes to wrestlers, I want to hang You're out scared with, of Kenny Omega. I want to hang out with all of them. What? No. <laughs> I'm joking. Kenny Omega loves all of his fans. If you see him in public, go up to Kenny. He loves wrestling fans. Uh, give him a hug. 
<laughs> All right. Well, let's get to the roast of Jeff Jarrett. Did Scott uh, do his bright side? Oh, yeah. Jesus Christ. I'm so sorry, Scott. I'm so sorry. Uh, okay. So I do know Jarrett basically from TNA. I watched a lot of TNA growing up. Uh, I'm grateful that he had started it and, like Robert said, given him all these opportunities and stuff, you know? It was very fucking confusing when you have all this unbelievable talent and then you have the main event always being this Jeff Jarrett guy who feels forever 50, you know? No matter how old he is, he is like, he's got this Rodney Dangerfield element to him. And so, yeah. Oh, well, we're complimenting him. I don't know. That's all That's all I know that I really ever enjoyed. Well, then you are perfect to kill him at the end. Put the final fucking shot. <laughs> um, the roast of Jeff Jarrett. You guys ready? Yeah. Come on. Start. Jeff Jarrett, who came up with slap nuts after accidentally making China come during their match. <laughs> He's known for his TNA reign of terror, which is like instead of taking over Italy, Mussolini settles for an olive garden in Paramus. <laughs> his gimmick on screen is shitty honky tonk man. His gimmick off screen is monorail guy flees with Springfield's money. <laughs> he quit drinking, but it goes great with his matches. As Double J, he dressed like a sexually fluid Dale Earnhardt Jr., his biggest baby face, his baby, his biggest baby face turn was holding Vince up for money. <laughs> his greatest accomplishment as a wrestler was spelling his name right. Uh, some said he wasn't a great worker, but he spent years pretending to be friends with Vince Russo. He's part of the greatest wrestling family of all time. If you're not counting the Hearts, the Anoa'i family, the Rhodes, the Von Erics, the Headings, the Guerreros, the Winhams, the Colognes, the Funks, the Vachans, the Rougeaus, the Armstrongs, the Ortons, the McMahons, and if Skip and Zip were actually brothers. <laughs> he went from alone with my baby tonight to the last outlaw, or how Peacock describes the Teddy Hart documentary. <laughs> His biggest AEW accomplishment will be getting Moxley to relapse. He, he took out both Beetlejuice and Casio Kid without raising the price of insulin. Uh, he's taken each promotion by storm in the sense that when he leaves, no one has a home or electricity. <laughs> yes. Uh, a lot of people think he's a poor man's flair, but if that's true, why does Rick keep asking him for money? Oh my gosh. He stole Karen Angle from Kurt who continued to wrestle with a broken freaking heart. <laughs> he hosts my world because his co-host is shaped like a globe. Damn it. And <laughs> finally, he did the impossible at Ric Flair's last match. Made people forget about my set. All right. <laughs> Robert Karpolis, you're up next. Jeff Jarrett was in WCW, WWF, NWA, TNA, AAA, and AEW. He's like the herpes of pro wrestling. But unlike herpes, not even a condom will save your promotion from being fucked by him. <laughs> Karen shows Jeff Jarrett over Kurt Angle, a decision not even Vince Russo would make. Bro, he's an Olympian. That's better than a guy with a guitar. I fucking hate Vince Russo. I'm sorry. Uh, Jeff demanded $200,000 to lay down for China. 
while it took for Hunter was the thought of her massive clit sliding inside him. (laughs) Jarrett was never officially a member of the Four Horsemen because he didn't rise to the high standards set by Paul Roma. (laughs) Alone with my baby tonight was the anthem for all the single moms who have been abandoned by their wrestler boyfriends. (laughs) It's the Herschel Walker campaign song. (laughs) Jeff Jarrett is the worst thing to happen to a guitar since Nickelback. (laughs) Jarrett started Global Force Gold. You'd have to be a real moron to think that giving your money to someone in the wrestling business is a smart financial decision. This episode is brought to you by (laughs) SaveWithConrad.com. In the WWF, Jarrett impersonated a country music singer, while in WCW and TNA, he impersonated a main eventer. (laughs) Jarrett's WWF gimmick was perfect. He was a heel in the North because he sang country music, and he was a heel in the South because he promoted spelling. (laughs) Great. Jeff was trained by Tojo Yamamoto, which I'm guessing was a playable character in Mario Kart. (laughs) Jeff Jarrett is in the WWE Hall of Fame, in case you ever doubted how much uh, sway Bruce Pritchard has in the company. (laughs) My Scott joke. Jarrett's guitar was nicknamed El Cabong, named after the only way you can enjoy a Jeff Jarrett match, by hitting El Cabong with marijuana. (laughs) Oh, that's what you meant. Yes. Jared had a number of finishing moves during his career, though the only person ever beaten by the stroke was Bret Hart. With TNA, Jared built one of the best rosters of all time and squandered them all, which explains why he gets along with Tony Khan. Too soon. (laughs) (laughs) Slap nuts is more than a catchphrase. It's also the only acceptable form of birth control in Tennessee. (laughs) Jarrett and Southern Justice shaved Howard Finkel bald which is pretty lenient when you hear the phrase Southern Justice being extracted on a Jew (laughs) Hulk Hogan used creative control to avoid losing to Jeff Jarrett proof that once upon a time Hulk Hogan was a smart businessman (laughs) all right Scott Chaplin all right here we go Jeff Jarrett is a coward He waited till Kurt Angle had no feeling in his fingers before he ripped his wife from his hands. Oh, my God. I wrote every time Kurt tried to grab Jarrett for what he did, it was like Vince eating with chopsticks. You know what that means? (laughs) He named his company Global Force Wrestling because his wrestling has been forced on us globally. (laughs) It's double J because that's what it looks like when people put two thumbs down. <laughs> he carries a guitar to remind everyone he's failing at two dreams. <laughs> Is that a Ric Flair strut or are you shaking your own bullshit off of your shoes? <laughs> he's like if Ric Flair was too uncomfortable with his penis size to expose it. <laughs> <laughs> Like if Rick pulled his dick out on a spirit flight. <laughs> like, not so fast, Mr. Flair. We have two other men with their penises out we have to deal with first. <laughs> Why does he keep getting hired? Is there a Jeff Jarrett tax write-off? Does putting money in his bank account count as charity? When TNA crowned him king of the mountain, 
they were talking about the mountain on a Coors Light can. <laughs> it's like Vince got them and set out to prove how unwatchable people from the South are. <laughs> He's like if Billy Ray Cyrus dressed like Miley Cyrus. Uh, every time he's on my screen, my eyes tell my brain to not tell my heart, my achy, breaky heart. <laughs> uh, he looks like if Joe Dirt was a porno. <laughs> he looks like... <laughs> he, I love that, man. He, he looks like if Guy Fieri had to cook at home because he's banned from every diner, drive-in, and dive. <laughs> He looks like Guy Fieri if the dive was into his dad's money like Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> uh, he made his catchphrase the spelling of his name, so when the cops pull him over and he's drunk, he can come off sober by at least remembering that. <laughs> uh, I'm Jeff Jarrett. That's J-E-double-F. <laughs> anyway, uh, he filed the trademark for Slap Nuts. Which is what I rather someone do to me than watch any of his matches. <laughs> no, not Jared and Jay Lethal. Please, you can slap my nuts. Anything but this. Okay. Uh, he's like if the honky tonk man had nothing interesting to say. Okay. <laughs> uh, and finally, he's the last outlaw because he's the last guy who Mrs. Cornette refuses to fuck. <laughs> mm. Oh, Jeff Jarrett. Come on the show anytime. He is really, man, he's like just the books of wrestling. Like the, just the worst kind of books of wrestling. <laughs> I don't if, know, man. I think, I can, I, I mean, I agree with Robert's take on TNA and WCW and everything, but you know, I, I, you know, he was good earlier on, you know, and then. Dude, I don't know. He has like these lists of accolades and it's like, uh, it feels like homework. Like my eyes have never gone more crossed. Like my ADHD has never acted more up than having to sit down and they had to clockwork orange me for me to do research on Jeff Jarrett. That's the only way you could watch most of TNA. <laughs> like, he, he just he perpetually sucked for years in that role. And the fact that that company is still in business is astonishing. It's like, dude, it's like, a well, what is even the gimmick? And what is even, it's like the music that it, it you know, it, there's nothing more insincere than like the cowboy who tans, like, you know, the cowboy who has like the, the porn uh, shaved beard and you spike your hair with jail. Like that's not a cowboy thing. And so it's why, like, why do you hate James storm? <laughs> it's like this odd, sincere type of cowboy that I know exists, but it's super fucking embarrassing and cringy to watch. And so you go, why is this a wrestling gimmick at all? Well, His light think, up glasses were cool. I think he's handsome. <laughs> it's weird, man. All right. Well, it's get... like it's like a guy who was born. Where was he born? Tennessee. Yeah, it was yeah. Like... He should have been born like uh, on the co somewhere on the coast of Florida or something. You know. Oh, he definitely looks like the first thing you see in Florida. Yes, he's yeah, got man. he's he got panhandle vibes. Boat. He should live on a boat. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he look he's like every big Dick Johnson shirt. Yeah, man, he's a guy who should have like fell in love with the ocean. 
in like his early 20s and that should have been the rest of his life it's just him and the ocean but instead we gotta fucking deal with him by the end of it we're just fantasizing at the end of every of these episodes we're just like mm-hmm. uh, then I see him in the water or maybe that's just me and I'm projecting that on you guys yeah right. that's, that's, that's all you he yeah. looks like the worst porn you watch you know what I mean like when you click on it and you go like this is too Nobody looks like this. Like he the looks guy like, who picked, like the guy who picks up the girls at the beach. Yeah, dude, he dresses like he's from like the shittiest version of the future, like the lamest, <laughs> like the lamest Matrix ever. Like, what existence? Where do like loser cowboys like you win? Well, it's Scott, like, he he was the chosen one. Oh, that God. was one of his many stupid fucking gimmicks. Ron really? was was also Big Buck Hunter. That's what. <laughs> oh my god well you're not promoting this one uh dynamite or tud hour one I, he's got a great I, head of hair he's got a great he does hair. have a great head of hair holy yeah. shit man and i but and i hate that he cuts it man i think he should he should go mullet people got mullets now i think if he had them well he kind of has grown his hair out a little right um well keep it going man keep it you know what he should do he should Grow his hair out more, uh, dye it black, and paint his face like Sting. And when Sting can't make it, you have Jarrett jump off shit. I think he owes it to Sting also for what Sting brought to TNA. And WCW. Amen. Like, you know, Jarrett, Sting had to work with Jarrett on top in two companies. Yeah, Jarrett has some sort of like weird religious hold on guys like AJ and Sting, right? Like, he is really. He knows some Bible verses, I think. I think he throws some Bible verses out of catering for, for certain guys who <laughs> who fall for things like that, you know? They're like, we should hire Jared. He's aware of the Lord. Well, yes, anything that's going to give him a, a tax exemption. <laughs> hey, he wouldn't be a wrestler without that, all right? That's why they all live in Florida. Dynamite or dud, hour one, we get the Dynamite Battle Royal, MJF and a Ricky Stark segment, uh, TNT title match. Samoa Joe versus uh, former TNT champ. Well, now I guess it's the TBS. It's still TNT, right? TNT, their, their TV title. Orange and Kip backstage. Jericho hypes his match at Ring of Honor. And then this goes into the second hour, but I'll, we'll just save it for the first, which is the Jericho Appreciation Society versus the Blackpool Combat Club that then turns into the weirdest way to end the William Regal storyline ever. Well, that that I think should open hour two was the Regal interview. So okay. we can we can dissect it there. That could be our our right. line of demarcation. Okay, Scott, what do you think of this first hour? Okay, hour one, you open up with this diamond battle royal, right? Which doesn't quite make sense. But I enjoyed all the spots in it, right? And then there's a moment where it's like Matt Hardy is one of the last three guys, and you go, oh, no, this is never good. But they played it off in a fun way, and Ricky eliminated him so uh, perfectly. It was just timed really well. And the crowd, by the way, was so goddamn hot, and that really did assist for, for a lot of the night. But I think because of this hot crowd, because of a lot of cool, fun, planned moments, that Jungle Boy choke slam uh, to the outside was was devastating. Um, sure, I think there should have been a few more important guys in there, but hey, what what are you gonna do? Uh, except you know, put more important guys in there, I guess. But yeah, I did like this match, and I loved the the promo that came after. 
Uh, I, I love it a whole lot. And and I do like that this match next week is now for the Dynamite Diamond Ring as well. Because I think what's that that's gonna be like MJF's like third or fourth one. So he should like walk around with all of them and just be knocking dudes out. I think it's like a fun extra thing he gets to have. Gets to utilize them however he wants. But at and you know, every night he has three three rings he can utilize. The ref has to take three away from him. That's funny. It's silly. Or four. I don't know how many it is, but it rules. I think it would be four. Yeah, yeah I, I actually love that. Oh, no. dude, if it's four, you do the you could do the knuckles, but like yeah. they're, they're they're glistening or something. Uh, yeah, for sure, man. Have that him could be like ten years. Be at the be at the new Taker streak until he leaves. You know, AEW. And it's just fun, man. And 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 again, that promo, like, I I can't compliment Ricky Starks enough. Look, I could shit on the build uh, to this a whole lot, but Ricky and MJF went out there and they played their roles beautifully. And people are like, oh, Ricky out, you know, out mic'd MJF. It's like, well, that's the was the plan, you know, like MJF agreed to let him out mic him. You know, that's why there wasn't a rebuttal. He kicked him in the nuts and uh and that spear was amazing and MJF shoes flying off. They are just like such, such professionals. Um such good and, shit. Yeah, and they're like young, you know, feel like it feels like kids doing it. It's just cool to go like go out there. And 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 go for it, and they knock it out of the park, you know. And I know a lot of times it doesn't work out, you know. You give Wardlow a mic, and or you tell Wardlow, "Hey, dress how you feel like dressing," and then you forget that like meatheads like taking holiday photos with their dogs now, you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, yeah, I absolutely, I I loved these segments. And then what came after this? Darby uh, Joe. It oh was, my it, gosh, brothers! Darby I Joe. have two competing th- thoughts about this. My first thought was this was great, and my other thought was they can't keep doing this. To Wait, this what? Who to Darby? Yeah, where I was like, this is amazing, but and then my other thought was like, this is he can't keep doing these matches anymore. He just well, can't. he's gonna fucking kill himself. I did love this match a whole lot. Um, obviously, when Darby fights for something, and Joe does have two titles, you go. Oh, maybe this is a chance for someone he's feuding with, like Wardlow, to interfere, and then Darby could get this win, and then they could fight for the TNT title. Um, or, or no, sorry, Darby would win the TNT title, and then uh, Joe and Wardlow could fight for the uh, for the TV title, the Ring of Honor TV title. But no, Joe's fighting like Juice Robinson. So this whole thing has like a stroke of like you know, there's like that ROH like shit stain on it that is a major bummer and you go like, Oh, I don't want to see Darby just lose. And then for what exactly other than to make Joe look great, which he did. I mean, mission accomplished. And so did Darby, but like, dude, put the title on Darby. That was the last time I gave a shit about the TNT title. No, you gave a shit during the Miro era. That was after Darby. I thought Darby got it back after that, but maybe no, no. He, he beat Darby for it. Okay. I loved, I loved the Miro era. Um, and then you had Orange, Cassidy, and Kip Sabian. I think Kip Sabian may have the worst gimmick in wrestling. Um, and uh, Jericho, Appreciate Society versus Blackpool Combat Club and a feud that fucking never fucking 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 ends. Robert, uh, what did you... Uh, well, first, Scott, we'll get to uh, your opinions on the uh, Jericho, Appreciate Society, Blackpool, all that stuff, and Orange and Cassidy. But, Robert, what did you think of this... Uh, 
this first chunk here? I mean, we loved it. What did All you right. think? So the diamond, the dynamite diamond ring battle, I will agree with Scott. I think that a lot of the spots that were in there were really well laid out. It would have been nice to see some more people of consequence in it. I mean, it's great to see a guy like Sean Dean who really earned that spot in there. He he, we just saw him wrestle in February. So it's cool to see them continuing with that as opposed to, uh, you know, I don't know, like an Eddie Kingston. Uh, Sean Dean beat is- MJF though. He did beat MJF. He did so. beat MJF. And they made it's- a point of, of saying that, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, the, one of the weird things was jungle boy beat Luchasaurus the pay-per-view, which was a great moment. And he beat him by submission. No one's made Luchasaurus tap out before. And the way that you follow that up is by him vanishing for a week and now being stuck in a program with Morrissey. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, that was, it's, that's cra- that is crazy. I mean, it was a great spot, but sense. it makes no fucking sense. It's just uh, like that, you, know, you need another giant to slay. That's what's, it started getting Cody in trouble. Yes, uh, but they've done that story now with a bunch of different. They just did it with Ricky Starks We're having to run through like Brian Cage and, and Lance Archer. Boy. Yeah, it's just it's a little weird and repetitive. Uh, the the Matt Hardy story throughout it was fine. You know, it's like oh yeah, you remember he's under you know forced contract to have to do what they want. That's cutesy. That's fine. The promo after. I thought Max did a really nice job taking down Ricky Starks. And then he made that comment about how he's the pebble because he's a poor man's rock. And then Ricky Starks delivered a poor man's rock promo. It was, he's Uh, really good when he's passionate. And there are moments in this promo where he was passionate. And then there's moments in it where he's doing the rock shtick which is fine, except you're forced to compare him to The Rock because Max just put that in your mind. And he's not as crisp. He's not as good as The Rock. So it feels lesser than. Um, I get that you're trying to amp it up. I get these guys are friends in real life and they they want to make this thing work and they they threw everything they could into it. And I saw a lot of praise for, for the promo on there. To me... Ricky Starks is better when he's emotional and honest and earnest. And the guy who's like, you know, I, I deserve this. I slept in my car. I've done everything you need to do to get to this moment. And I'm going to take this title from you. That's a dude I want to get behind. But then when he's making fun of Max's shirt and his, his cheap heat and all that, it feels very Dwayne ish. And you can't steer into that. If you're pointing out, he's a lesser version of the rock. Um, I like Moxley's promo. But I about know guys how- like that that are like that that aren't The Rock. Do you know what I mean? Like- right, but you just point. They just said like you're all you're doing is ripping off The Rock, and then he's out there ripping off The Rock. Not a great idea for that promo when you have a passionate story there to tell of the guy who's like, I want, I want the ring, I want the title. This is my shot. This is my opportunity. The audience is behind me. Like I'm gonna do this. Uh, I like Moxley's promo about how this is not a company about talking. This is a company about action. And we saw Moxley engage in action on this show and not talking in a weird-ass segment later on in the show. Uh, Darby and Joe was the kind of Samoa Joe match I've wanted this entire run. It's unfortunate that Darby's the guy that they sent out there to kill. They have a whole roster of dudes that Joe can eat alive. Darby's a very special talent. We've talked about this before that he's a very well, I special talent. I want to see talent. the program. I do want to see the program. Yes. I don't want I want to see the I don't want to see Juice Robinson award. I want to see But Darby. I saw the promo. I saw oh. the program. I saw the the build up. They had the match. Darby did daring moves. Joe choked him out. 
it was great. And then afterwards, it was nice that they built up that match on Sunday by having Juice Robinson come out there and attack Samoa Joe. Well, now I I'm think, excited to see the Ring of Honor pay-per-view. I, I think we will get that Darby and Joe feud. I think you have to write Darby, Darby off for a moment while he goes through the uh, the Christmas tree for the month of December. <laughs> yeah. Boom, it, yes. Yes. Uh, Claudio Brian. and you. Yes, Claudio and Yuta versus Hager <laughs> and, and Danny Garcia. Uh, I'm glad Hager's hat got a Chiron. And that, and that little moment with, with him giving the hat to Claudio was fine. Uh, the match was was good. I think my takeaway for this and the whole show was the wrestlers delivered in ring what was handed to them. What was handed to them throughout the show was baffling decisions that did not help anyone. And, you know, the best part of this was, you know, seeing that MJF Ricky uh, Starks thing that those totally guys about this Ricky Starks thing, man. I, I think I, it, I don't think perfect. it was perfect. I don't think it was that great. I think it was. It could have been done. It wasn't clever, but it was great. I thought he he delivered what he needed to, but you're you're now forced to compare him to to the Rock. No, and it's also like, I think the Rock. You know, we look back at the Rock, and it's like exceptionally catchphrasey and cheesy. You know, like that's what was so great about about CM Punk's feud with him was Punk being able to expose that part of it, where it was like this is a little odd what you do. And I think Ricky's was a little more personal. I think Ricky's issue is like, he stands a little funny. Like that's all he stands like that little kid who, uh, you ever see there's that little kid who wants to like fight his family. I don't know. He, he's making <laughs> fists. He's like, Scott's like he's bringing up him as a child. Yeah. There's like a funny. Well, yeah. But I mean, he's look, he's a transition him. feud for like a, to build as a one-off kind of the same way they built up Brian Pillman jr. Against Max. It'll be fine. I think Max's line about sending him back to YouTube was was definitely clever. But uh, I love know, that. I'm we'll proud see. of YouTube, Steph. Well, you have to say that they have two few TV shows on YouTube, <laughs> and he might be on there in two weeks, the way that Tony Khan books. <laughs> well, he's got to win something. He's got. Well, win. that is tough. It's like, where do you put him? You have him win the North American title, man. You have him take it off, Joe. That's not even the North American title. They don't American have a North American title. title. That's oh, I'm sorry. NXT, dog. And I don't even think they have that anymore, do they? I think uh, so. They do. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they do. Yeah, it's Wesley is the champion. No. All right, let's get to the rest of the hour. Scott, uh, we had Orange Cassidy and Kip Sabian backstage. Jericho hyping the Ring of Honor match. And then the Jericho Appreciation versus the Blackpool Combat Club. I know I am not alone when I, when I say, please, God, can this be the end? Uh, but I feel like there's no end in sight. We're going to get these guys feuding with each other for the entire fucking year. Um, yikes. Uh, what, what do you, you mean by year? You mean until January 1st? Uh, uh, you know, yeah, till January, I guess. So I guess it's not going to... It can't contact a revolution, right? It It feels like Cesaro is going to lose and then have to wear a fucking hat. Which is totally different from the Matt Hardy storyline where he lost it and is now under contract so maybe to his he enemy. Wins, which feels like it's only because Regal left. Wait, I have an idea. This is actually, I think, like would help a lot of their problems. You haven't joined Jericho Appreciation Society, but then you have Jericho, Hager, and Cesaro turn on the whole group and just beat them down and like essentially end that stable and then just turn into Jericho's heavies. <laughs> or maybe i'm just trying to get rid of it uh, 
like the, the guy who had the most heat in this match was Sammy, which is kind of a problem. And the announcers even acknowledged that. Yeah, man. Yeah, Hager doesn't do it for me, man. Also, you know, you could have had Jericho in this match. He wasn't a TV. Yeah, he's he wasn't. Oh, he's touring. Yeah, he's, he's touring. touring. And was apparently on the Masked Singer. My daughter was all excited. She's like, Chris Jericho was the Dragon Bride. Something we can finally relate to, Pa. <laughs> yes. Um, Orange and Kip Sabian. Um, what the fuck is Kip Sabian's gimmick, man? I told you last night, man. It's uh, Tim Burton presents Peter Pan. <laughs> That's all it is. Oh my god, it is brutal, dude. It is brutal. Also, I never thought it says Orange Cassidy talked too much in that promo. Yeah, they need to they need to pull him back a little bit. Scott, any uh last thoughts before we get to hour two? No, no. But I I mean I, I, I enjoyed hour one for like the the wrestling I thought was great. The mic work was really great. But yes, the the purpose around a lot of it um is frustrating and and you hope for course correction. Like after this Ring of Honor pay-per-view, you go, okay, please stop. Announce whatever you're going to do with it. Please call Rampage Ring of Honor. Which I'm pretty sure was what we talked about. care about that anyway. Right, but know? we said that for Worlds Collide. Once they're done promoting New Japan, let's focus on AEW. Oh, you mean, uh, yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. And it was like they about. did the New Japan show, and we're like, all right, let's Forbidden stop door. doing this. Yeah, yeah. Forbidden Door, whatever it was. Uh it was, yeah, they did the, the the New Japan show, and we're like, all right, we're sick of wasting all our time on TV talking about a promotion and a company and a thing that doesn't impact AEW. Let's focus on the roster. And now it's a lot of Ring of Honor stuff, and it's not good that Tony Khan, like this week, is saying, yeah, once the show's done, I'm going to stop talking so much about Ring of Honor. Like, take the hint. If people don't want to hear about this company that you own, you don't have to do anything with it going forward. The value in Ring of Honor was the tape library you own the tape library it helps when you go to push to warner discovery hbo max plus to say you have all the AEW content plus a decade and a half of ring of honor content and you took the guys that you wanted from ring of honor and you just make them part of your roster you don't have to talk about when dalton castle's in there that he's the ring of honor six-man tag title champion where are they defending those titles over just let him be over like, let them be that. You don't have to mention a title that doesn't exist. It's just weird. Very bizarre. Anything to uh, add, Scott? No, no. You guys aren't wrong about Ring of Honor. It's uh, It's got to stop after this, this weekend. It has to be addressed after this or, or, weekend. Or like you said, make Rampage Ring of Honor. Just split it. You know? Please but do that. They'll never... Turner won't do that. Well, no. they may. They're the same family, you know? Um... All right. Well, the the most baffling end of a storyline in in a bit that I've seen. I mean, you know, it it doesn't come close to revealing that Hornswoggle was Vince's kid or something like that. But William Regal um, revealed in an interview that he was actually with Blackpool Combat Club all along, and did this so MJF could have a target on their back and learn and so the blackpool combat club could learn one last lesson as a way to make 
oh, this is just I, as it comes out of my mouth, I'm like, this is fucking trash. It's so fucking ass. It's like you go it's like if so that was a bad. Batman movie, you'd be like, no, no, no. It made sense. Poochie had to go back to his home world. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean the gimmick here is that you know Brian will be fighting Regal in his memory at the next pay per view when we know that Regal is going to NXT. So yeah, why, so why ever mention him again after? Why this would you? Why promo? wouldn't you distance? You didn't yourself? even have to have this send. I mean, this send off was like people who were like posting online they were like i got emotional for this i was like oh man no this these are like barney watchers this is oh, bad. I got, I, oh i got emotional scott he like the way he said farewell i mean my favorite thing of this is is going cutting back to moxley him just like fucking rolling his eyes uh knowing the camera's catching it and then just moving on with what he needed to say because goddamn that was so goofy and bar- and embarrassing i will be Blackpool Combat Club for life, boys. Fathy well. Like it was like so, it was the ending of like the most corniest <laughs> I've ever seen in my life, dude. It, this was bad, man. It may have been the worst thing. I think it could be the worst thing AEW's ever done. Well, it's it might like, creatively, be because, creatively. And you know, people oh, yeah, aren't creatively. even shitting on it. Like the way like they really are like, you know, hey, look, it is great, the Tony thing and all of that. And maybe it's even a high spot. Well, it can't be a high spot, but you know, Tony, I guess, has been going through a lot the last few months. His mother had a stroke, and then so he was looking at family differently. This is what he's saying. And then he goes, okay, Regal, go ahead, go train your son or whatever. And it's like, that's great. We're fine with that. We do not need some weird addressing of you where now we have to think about him still because he's like their fucking Yoda or something. While he works for the competition and tries to make them better. Yeah, it's just fucking stupid. So stupid. It's yeah. just Robert, they should uh, they should have literally been like he was eaten by dogs. <laughs> like that's how North Korea sends you off. Yeah, so just like have Jong-un fun did, with it. What like, they who did cares? With or yeah, say so he was arrested for uh for assaulting uh farm animals. <laughs> so then, whenever WWE does eventually put him on TV in a year okay. when they're allowed to, this is what I would do. You do the two and a half men ending. You have Regal about to come to Jacksonville and a piano falls on him. Is that what happened? Uh, well, yeah, because Charlie Sheen's supposed to come back and then a literal piano falls upon him. And then a piano falls on like Chuck Lorre too. It's real weird. Wow. I, I would be like he was I'd be like he was on Epstein's flight list and we had to let him go. <laughs> you go, fuck you. It's creative. This is confidant of Prince Andrew. Everything we do is under uh you know, is under copyright as like a bit. And so your character um yeah, is on the run because like could you, Scott, if they started using Regal on air in WWE now, like would you be able to take him seriously or did this was this damaging enough? That, like, you couldn't even rebuild him in WWE. Well, one, I guess the agreement is that he does have to wait a year to be on television. But I don't know. I love Regal, man. He's yeah. a good time. I would I would be excited anytime he's on TV. I wouldn't care what they did. You know, this yeah. was super corny and, like, just really the the worst. The worst. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I would Blackpool Combat Club for... It was just like, what, dude? What? A stable that's you have a gun, that, a gun a stable that was like, right now. A stable like Shad that was, Khan was there, like, oh, you think you fuck my son? <laughs> <laughs> uh dude, Shad should run some of the company. That's my big takeaway. 
after yeah. watching that segment. It's like he should at least be like allowed to walk around and just like raise his hand at guys that aren't yeah. doing what they should, you know, not even smack them, but just slowly raise his hand. You know? <laughs> yeah, like he should be uh he should be the guy that tells that's the one thing about Vince, man. He could never fight, but he always was willing to fucking take a punch. Yeah, yeah. So what if like Tony's like okay, I can't hire my dad because I want all the credit, but he, like, begs his dad to do, like, this bit where Tony's like, I'm freaking out! And then, like, goes to another room and then his dad comes out, like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, you freaky Friday did? Yeah, I don't know. I don't even know. What oh, that'd be great. Continue. Um, Robert, are we being Jesus. too harsh? No! You're being too nice! Um... In the event something happens to me, I film this elaborate explanation of my plan. Yeah, dude, it's like the most ass James Bond like shit. Like it's Wait, just but, the but let me go dude. let me go one step further. He filmed this two weeks ago, and then last week when he's burying everyone and Shivani is like, fuck you, Regal. And knows that Regal was in on it all. Like this is I, all right. Did you ever see the first Mission Impossible movie and try to make sense of that movie? That's what this felt like. When not to spoil a movie from 1996, but when you find out that like John Voight was the bad guy all along, you're like, wait, nothing in this movie makes sense. That was what this entire thing felt like. You could have just had Regal gone, and that's it. What makes double no sense is Danielson is not at dynamite because he's at William Regal's hospital bedside. So does that mean he didn't see the video and know that Regal was in on this all along and that he was being loyal to Regal against the wishes of the Blackpool combat club? Like what the fuck is going on? Now also now we have this Danielson MJF feud that I want to be excited about, but it's going to have this, this Regal attachment when we know he's elsewhere. Like, they're they're really treating Regal like like who else do they do this with like like they're really treating Gandalf, him like he's like a man. children's character Gandalf. yes like yeah like he's fucking Gandalf or like a Harry Potter character it's like <laughs> dude like the kids will understand like nobody's at like, home like oh no it's it's the holidays we can't there's we no can't kids that are watching it. it. We There's can't no... let the kids know that Regal is is going to work with his friends oh, and no. his the, the beloved William Regal, who's been here for five or six months, is integral to Ring of Honor to AEW history. When the people who are AEW fans have lost Cody and CM Punk, and now like ninety percent of Jim Ross, yeah. But this is the <laughs> thing that's going to break their heart, and we're pretending that Regal's in a hospital when everyone knows otherwise. Like it's so unbelievably fucking stupid it's really bad it it really should have been like in this i would say vince doesn't treat wrestlers like people he treated them like circus animals and as terrible as that is sometimes you kind of have to do that and they just they they it, it could have just oh, been man i feel like I, I every time i i, I agree with you on like 80 percent of your opinion no, 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 but the, the like, reason is i signing no, on to something the, i never agree no, because the problem with this is, is that tony was way too humane about this whole thing of like oh i understand you want to go back and, and train your son it's like no fuck you you're under contract you want to leave we're not going to give you a graceful exit we're going to stretcher you and then we're going to bury you the promo should have been Moxley going out there and laying waste to to the to Regal. Regal was the guy who turned on him, 
and then Max laid him out and had been like, that's what you deserve. We didn't need you. You were holding us back. You made a stupid decision to go help Max and look what it got you. You're in a hospital bed. We're done with you. That's it. Yeah. And he then you have been like on. killed in a knife fight with the Black Blackpool Combat Club and Jericho. They should have done yes. like it should have been like it a musical been the... like fight, and then he gets stabbed and dies. It should have been the doctor who cleared Soraya comes out and says William Regal is legally brain dead, <laughs> and you'll never see him again. <laughs> and you're done, and you move on. Or Danhausen put a curse on him and sent him to another dimension. Like who gives a fuck? You don't give them this beautiful, graceful exit with this, 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 this touching promo that sounded like in Back to the Future Three when Doc Brown is reading the letter from himself, and he gets all emotional and choked up. But he's like, "I never knew I could read or write anything so like beautiful." It's like, no, this was lame and stupid, and made these guys look like complete goofs. Yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah. If this was, if Regal was trying to get out of contract with Vince. Then like Vince be like, okay, cool. And then an hour later be like, we're shaving your head tonight on national television. <laughs> yes. We're fucking we're 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 stripping you down to your boxers and having you run through a cornfield. Yeah. We honestly the, the best exit and fucker go after you in a fucking tractor. Like the best exit ever <laughs> was Heenan's exit from the WWF. When he wasn't kind of renew and he was going to WCW and it was and he was fine with it, it was he couldn't get into the building for Monday Night Raw and it ended with Gorilla Monsoon finally throwing Heenan out of the building forever to end their decade fake rivalry on TV. It's like Bobby Heenan has been thrown out of the WWF by his his on screen kind of nemesis Gorilla Monsoon and he's gone. I think and even that that's been too it. much of a farewell. I think a fun no, so thing that was about a nice pro farewell. wrestling is like this fake little competition that happens. And I think you just have to be like, he's a pervert. And then you just make him go back I to mean, a company. Like Vince literally had fucking Eric Bischoff and John Laurinaitis thrown into trash. Yeah, trash yes. bins. Yep. Trash bins, trash vehicles. And one of it was like Vince was like staring at Eric's eyes, like cucking him. Like while Cena was doing it, amazing. No, and Dan I made it creepy. You, you didn't break up with me. That's what that is. All right, the rest of the second hour is uh, Jamie Hader promo backstage has a black promo. Jade Cargill and the Baddies versus Sky Blue, Kira Hogan and Madison Raid. Britt and Soraya backstage and uh, FTR versus the Acclaimed with the uh, with the Ass Boys. Announcing that uh, Ring of Honor will have a dog collar match this Saturday between the Briscoes and FTR, which should be amazing. But again, I you know again the Ring of Honor that yawn is appropriate. Yeah, yeah that's the per- that's basically it. Um, I loved. I think this could have been my favorite match of the year. The acclaim for his FTR. Maybe I'm going crazy on that, but um, I fucking love that match. I think I love that match more than the internet did. Um, and I you know. Everything else I kind of thought was ass, I guess, to borrow Scott's phrase. I mean, I don't really have anything else to say other than everything else I thought was pretty. In this entire second hour, I thought the main event was awesome and everything before it was just terrible. Scott? Yeah, it wasn't so great. I mean, I'm I'm intrigued about this, uh, what is it, January 11th? Like, who... Uh, uh, Paige is going to have a, a tag partner, I guess. 
are they going to bring some, they're really going to bring somebody in? They have so many people. Just have like Athena or something. Yeah. She's, yeah. No, she's a heel competing on the Ring of Honor pay per view. Oh, that's right. She's got to win the title over there. And then you had Ruby. So, oh no, Ruby so already came back and in her heroic return, and now she's already vanished from TV again. Yeah. Um, maybe it's when Tony Storm is healed up. Ruby Soho would be good. But she already just returned. I know. Give her two and returns. Then Fuck it. It's AEW. You get two returns. Um, anything else to add, Scott, before I take it over to Robert? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, no. I mean, gosh, I loved the hell out of the main event, like, a lot. I thought it was really fantastic. Um, I, I do love... You know the good thing about, about the, the announcement of the Briscoes match is apparently the Briscoes can't be on TV at all for whatever Warner Brothers fucking reasons. And so it's kind of cool that like they at least got to acknowledge them. And I know that stinks, but it's like maybe it's a sign that they're going to ease up and eventually let them on TV. Um, But at the same time, it's like, for what? Ring of Honor? I want them to wrestle for AEW. And I want FTR's focus to be on the AEW titles. And even though I did love this match a lot, like it should have had a build. Um, it did feel super important because these guys are magic and, you know, we're all smart enough fans to recognize, you know, to create our own build of like FTR have been the best tag team this year and the acclaimed, you know, arguably maybe have been as well. In, in their own way and so it was like a fun match we could be excited about but they really could have built it better and also it's like please please acknowledge that FTR is going to somehow eventually win these titles because they need to that's not going to happen man they fucking need to man I know Tony in his press conference was like I have huge plans for FTR but is that like it's like oh they're going to be your fucking the face of the tag team division in your announcement of Ring of Honor, like, dude, no, I like watching Dynamite. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Um, it seems like they're not long for this world, man. It's just so funny that yeah, like, everything like, that happened, like he's like so every- concerned about like William Regal's exit, but it's like okay, but how about FTR? Because like we care way more about them than William. Yeah. Regal. Oh yeah, and and it's it, it's it's. Yeah, it just seems like Dax has already said he's thinking about retiring, which is yeah. But that's you know what that is. That's, that's like him saying that's, I'm going to WWE, man. Yeah, that's get me out of this contract so I could go make some money. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what that is. I mean, come on, man. Um, Robert, we shall see. We shall see. I, I will be watching Saturday. I think. Uh, oh no, there isn't a there isn't a FIFA game, right? Nah. Well, I'll be uh, watching. I haven't been watching the World Cup, so. Oh, okay. Look, I'm a big enough man to admit that I was wrong at the beginning of the show when I said that watching Dynamite was was not entirely great. Uh, there was a House of Black promo where they all came out and said like one or two words, hit their mark, and then stepped back. Uh, that was the best high school production I had okay. seen. That Jamie Hader, Jamie Hader, preparing us for a really exciting uh, women's match on Rampage for another title entirely that she is not competing for. And then it's just like, all right, I guess I'll just give them a title shot for my title too. Really compelling. Uh, the baddies against Kiara Hogan, who was a heel and now isn't. Uh, Madison Rain and Sky Blue, uh, a 14-star match. The way they told that story was better than women's war games. They're mm-hmm. all really moving forward in the right direction. I can't wait to see who Soraya's mystery tag partner is in a tag match that's not happening for a month 
Dude, it's gonna sure be what's gonna pay this Come off. on, who's in? Uh... It's gonna be it's gonna be Tony Storm or Thunder Rosa or you know like you can't bring somebody new in. No, they I think it's gonna be Kyrie Sane, fucking... maybe Kyrie Sane, maybe. I thought she's doing. She's like uh, really entrenched in New Japan, right? Exactly. She's like like the you're first, teasing. Like, here's the problem. The first you're IWGP you're your paper champion, right? right? But you're teasing a big theoretical name, which means people are automatically going to assume it's going to be Sasha Banks or Naomi. And then if it's not Sasha Banks, it's not Naomi. You got a I bunch agree. of people who I are agree disappointed. With that. But you saw uh, Sasha. My uh, spoiler. Sasha might be right. She might mm-hmm. be it for yeah, but which it makes sense because yeah. WWE is letting uh, Carl Anderson work there as well. So it's like it's a different world. The main maybe, event of this maybe. show. The back. main of this show. The main of this sh- event of this show was fantastic. And I I texted a buddy. I'm like, this feels like WCW in 1998. They have, an, they have an insane roster that they just don't know what to do with, and there's kind of cheat codes in booking. And I know you guys haven't written long-term wrestling, whatever, but it's really easy to lean on amazing matches when you can just pull like the the, the six-man best-of-seven series or putting FTR in the acclaimed. Those guys over-delivered. The wrestlers on this show, for the most part, with the exception of that women's six-mag, which was rough – really over delivered the only like minor nitpick and this is a stupid minor nitpick that the agents should have picked up on is in this match and the other tag match you had a double submission spot if you're gonna do like they did the double sharpshooter here if you were gonna do a double submission spot work that out so that someone doesn't do it earlier in the same show the reveal at the end of the briscoes was to borrow scott's freight was ass um i get that you can't put the briscoes on tv you could have been hyping this for weeks on your social media that there's going to be challenges. Instead, it was just like, oh, by the way, it's the Briscoes. And oh, by the way, it's a dog collar match, which is a stipulation that AEW has protected as this is like the culmination of a true important feud. That that Brody Lee Cody match with the it's it's held in such high esteem. Like they really respect it. And you're just throwing it out here as a way to try to get buys for this show i'm sure the match is going to be incredible it has no build and the the challengers are not allowed to appear on your television show which is really probably if nick gage can be on your tv show you're supposed i would also argue that matches that are you know as good as theirs it's like this is the third in the series it it does feel very important but there's that's an easy story that's an easy story to have been telling for the last X number of weeks online sure, in press sure. conferences, anywhere else. You could be telling it on dark and dark elevation because that's your core audience that's going to really be into this and hyping that there's going to be a, a mystery team or whatever it is. But instead, you just had this great match and the acclaim won clean, which kind of makes me feel like maybe FTR isn't sticking around, which it like, we, okay, they were the number one contenders. They've now lost. We can now move on to what happened to like the Swerve in Our Glory storyline. That got pushed, I think, to like the Ring of Honor pay-per-view. But there yeah. are teams, there's stories to tell. I would love to see FTR and WWE because selfishly, I think FTR and the Usos would have a killer match. I think FTR working with Street Profits would be absolutely incredible. There's There's a lot of great tag teams in WWE that would benefit from FTR being there. And it feels like they've kind of run their course in a lot of ways here in AEW. Like they just don't get the opportunity they should of being treated like real special main event talent, which they are. And Tony's saying, oh, I've got special plans for him. He has special plans for Miro. 
And apparently those special plans exist in an alternate universe where Miro gets paid to stay home. Yeah, yeah. No, he needs to do something with them. It stinks. I mean, I know they're fighting at Wrestle Kingdom. That's exciting, but I want to Which see Which is them. not AEW, and they're no, fighting no, at the Ring yeah. of Honor paper. It's like, they, yeah. it's great that they wrestle in AAA, and they wrestle, you know, defend the IWGP tag titles and all that other stuff, but, like, on your signature flagship show is where you should see the best of your talent, and they're not giving you, you the best of FTR. FDR, though, that we're, they've done such a good job in other promotions while they've worked for this one that we're still talking yeah. about them like they're the best. They tag. should really show video highlights of them, even doing like the, you know, the Bret Hart shit that they do in the smaller venues where, you know, he's in their corner. I think they also fought with Steamboat, right? It's like, I don't know, try to make a deal where you could air these little things. Like, they are a traveling team. They travel the globe. Da -da -da. Right, but instead we got Dax against Brian Danielson last week and just kind yeah. of, uh, you know, you, you were playing the, the video game and you hit the randomizer button. You're like, oh, that'd be a fun match to play. Didn't yeah. really lead yeah. to anything. This was, these guys had a great tag match. Didn't build something for the acclaim going forward. Didn't make me want to see uh, the gun club against FTR. It's like, okay, when I get FTR on the Briscoes, which is a fine match, but you're promoting guys that aren't on your, aren't on your TV that can't be on your TV to a pay-per-view. Most people don't necessarily care about it. It just, it felt flat. And on a show that had so many different mistakes booking wise and creative, this was another just jarring, awkward decision by a guy who really needs a booking committee or people to to bounce these ideas off of other than the brilliant and handsome QT Marshall. Amen. Yep. Let's get the high spot, low spot. High spot for me. I'm uh, watching Deadline for the Something to Sports Entertainment with $10 tier. Um, it's the, <laughs> I'm looking forward to the New Day and, uh, and, and pretty deadly match just because I think both teams will get like great shit out of each other. But, Deadline has this survivor match, which sounds so completely insane. And it's a new gimmick match, which is like either going to be great or another reverse battle royal. And I can't wait to either what like hate, like watch it, watch it or hate, watch it. Uh, here's the rules. The per the rules, two WWE superstars will begin the match with a new talent every five minutes until all five competitors are officially in the ring. There, the superstars will aim to or aim aim to square a fall via pin, submission, or disqualification, and thus earn a point for every successful fall. However, if a competitor loses a fall, they must stay in a nearby penalty box for ninety seconds. Upon completion of their penalty, the superstar can return to the ring and resume their their quest of gaining a fall when the match reaches the 25 minute mark the nxt superstar with the most points will win the match and earn the title of iron survivor the victor of each iteration will then be deemed the number one contender so it's perfect for the roast of jeff jarrett that we have a match that only jeff jarrett's dumbass would have probably come up with sean michaels i think this is michaels's thing yes well cte is very real it should be studied Oh my! There's just no chance this is going to be good. I don't think. No, no, and it's, I think it was Lance uh, mentioned something like on one of the podcasts where he was trying to make God sense of the rules. Trying, man, they're trying. And he's like, you would need like there's at one point you might need like six cages, based on all the different rules of who could be locked in what cage where and when. It's it's fucking weird. Yeah. Uh, wrestling matches are usually just fine on their own. And my low spot was hearing that Miro uh, didn't have any creative 
presented towards him. I don't know how much of that is him trying to you know, gain sympathy with the dirt sheets and so or how real that is. But Miro hasn't been on TV, and I thought he was a great character for him. And kind of bummed I don't see him anymore, Scott. Yeah, that's my low spot. It's, you know, you assume, oh, Miro's doing other things. Uh, Tony kind of lets guys pursue other ventures. He's a talented guy. Maybe he's going to be on some cop show or some horse shit, you know, that's coming out soon. Oh, he and was. Then, yeah, he was. Well, sure. But then to find out that he's like good to go and they have nothing for him is uh, it's odd. I mean, put him somewhere, especially with a lot of the guys you are putting on TV. Figure gonna, it the fuck out, man. Let up. let someone in the House of Black bite him in the neck or something. You know, we're and, gonna hit uh, our, we're gonna hit ourselves because he's gonna be the next member of the Blackpool Combat Club. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. William Regal should have been like, you know, yeah, this is the he is the one to complete your training, whatever. The fuck. <laughs> but um. Yeah, that that is that is certainly my low spot. My my high spot is that Sasha Banks apparently is going to be at Wrestle Kingdom. I don't know if New Japan is just like paying for her to sit. What? Seriously? Oh yeah, yeah. That's yeah. you running? Holy shit! I didn't know where that was coming from. Yeah, dude. I, yeah, that, brother. That is crazy. Yeah. So, um, she you know, she, she just gonna... well, they didn't say. They didn't say. Like, I don't know if if they just got her a ticket to sit front row. Um, but I know she did just copyright, like, you know, some new ring name. I'm sorry, I don't have it in front of me right now. Uh, I'll look it up while you got, you know, while Robert gets his high spot, low spot. But, uh, yeah, man, she uh, she's going to be there for whatever reason. And I don't know if it's because she's made a deal with WWE that allows her to do that. I don't know if it's because she is no longer under contract with WWE. I don't know, but I think it's cool as hell no matter what. Because I am a, uh, I am pro New Japan, and the fact that Wrestle Kingdom, which is one night again, like it should have always been, is going to have Omega uh, versus Osprey and Okada versus Jay White, and now possibly Sasha, Sasha, Sasha Banks just in the building. I think it's really fucking cool. Yeah, I can't fucking wait. Yeah, it's good shit, man. That's amazing. So that's my high spot. Robert, high spot, low spot. My high spot is uh, William Regal returning to NXT. Uh, I think that we talked about it when he first got released. That was one of the biggest mistakes WWE possibly ever did. The contributions that he gives behind the scenes, scouting talent, working with, with the young guys at the Performance Center, the fact that they're doing this next in line program to go and get collegiate athletes and train them Regal is such an incredibly valuable talent that even if there he's not allowed to be on camera, which I think was part of the supposed stipulations of this, he doesn't need to be on camera. Having him at the Performance Center, having him working day in and day out with talent at various different levels, he's incredible. He is a brilliant coach. He has a brilliant mind for this business, and he's going to make everyone that is there on NXT better. Uh, this is a, a huge positive for WWE and it's a great opportunity for, for Regal. He gets to work with his kid, which you know he's excited about and more importantly gets to correct one of the great injustices that was done by this Nick Khan budget cut, which was letting Regal go for doing an incredible job. 
And I know a lot of people there are really excited and happy to have him back. And I think having him, having Shawn Michaels, having Matt Bloom, like you've just got a good core of people to build the the next generation of WWE talent. And that makes me really happy. Wait, please mention Road Dog, Robert. Well, no, no. Road Dog <laughs> is a man of many talents who cannot be pinned down to one singular location. He has dealers in many. I mean, sorry, he has Road Dog is fan. Look, he's he's great. He's good. Road Dog is there. And I think it's it's Love commendable it. that um, he, I'm not going to say something nice, but Road Dog, we're going to we're going to move on uh, my low he's spot. Fine. He's fine. I don't know. He, and it depends on his uh, sometimes dealt with him. He's been a pleasure. Sometimes dealt with him less than a pleasure. Some of his views on wrestling sometimes gets a little uh, weird and self-serving, um, unlike anybody else in the wrestling business. So altruistic. But if uh, I was Vince and I and I had to fire Road Dog like he did a bunch of times. If he was an on-screen character and I had to fire him, I would do like a thing where a, 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 someone kisses him and he turns into a prince and then you just replace him with someone else. <laughs> I do you love the fact like, he's that... Been a, he's been a toad this whole time and someone kissed him and so now he's a new guy. I do love the fact that Road Dog got rehired by WWE to take Jeff Jarrett's spot um it's just it's great like art imitating life it's just the same they're the same thing they're the same guy he's the real double j uh my low spot and i texted this to you guys so this sunday or saturday saturday i'm sorry at at four o'clock in the afternoon eastern standard time while the sun is out uh aw is putting on the ring of honor pay-per-view they are charging 39.99 for this pay-per-view. If you are listening to this show and you spend $40 on this Ring of Honor pay-per-view, you should lose control of your finances. You should have to combine your bank account with Colt Cabana's mother, and she should be the one making your decisions going forward. This is not a $40 pay-per-view. This is such a degree of what the fuck are they doing that I can't even comprehend what Tony Khan is thinking in my mind, you want to get people excited about ring of honor. It's been mentioned on your TV to the point where people are begging you to stop talking about it. You've put together a card that is a fine episode of dynamite Claudio Castagnoli against Chris Jericho. Hey, that should be fine. Wheeler Yuta and Daniel Garcia seen it a bunch, still probably very good FTR and the Briscoes. Hey, that sounds like a nice time. Why is this not $9.99? Why is this not at a low price point to say, if you've never given Ring of Honor a try, order this. If you love Ring of Honor and know that it's good, you're going you're gonna to get your money's worth, and you're going to sell a lot more pay-per-views and get people at least excited about the fact that Ring of Honor's here. You've put this at such an insanely high bar that not a lot of people are going to order it, and the people who are going to order it are going to expect you to deliver a $40 pay-per-view when this has vibes close to ECW's December to December. It's, it's, I get that this thing has been set up to fail for so long, this is such a bizarre miscalculation by them that I can't even fathom it unless he's just hoping this makes Ring of Honor go away forever and he can wash his hands of it. 100%. Yeah, seriously, there has to be like an exp- – like I don't want to say that – like a fake one. 
You know what I mean? Like something has to happen to Ring of Honor. That needs to be the bit. For sure. Is that is that like Ring of Honor gets sucked into a um a genie's lamp or something. It just has to go away. I genuinely can't wait until Jericho retains and then Miro comes out to stare down against him and it'll be Miro and Jericho and Ring of Honor going forward. It's going to be awesome. Oh, you're right. (laughs) Yep. You sounded like um, Joe Pesci when he sees the room in Goodfellas. (laughs) Yeah, he's going to be like, see, you guys were mad because I had nothing for Miro. Turns out he's going to be in the next... Ring of Honor title pro. Oh no! Oh, yep. God. Not fun. Not fun. Uh, well, let's even... get it over with so we can focus more on AEW. Man, best uh, best pro wrestlers in the world. Oh my gosh! I mean, who's not excited to see the Embassy against Dalton Castle and the Boys? <laughs> I'm looking at this card. Or Juice Robinson, Samoa Joe, Mercedes Martinez, and Athena. Forty dollars. I would like Athena to win that. $40. Oh, and yeah, I mean, look, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't pay no dollars for Yes, I know how you, I know. But again, uh-huh. but it's like WWE is like, hey, Survivor Series War Games, which was an excellent pay-per-view, will cost you $5. And oh, by the way, you can watch every WWE pay-per-view of all time. There, There is a, I'm watching a, you know, Raiders and Rams game tonight that should, is like the least stakes, worst game of, you know, you could ask for on a Thursday night. And I'm looking forward more to that than the Ring of Honor show. 100%. Well, I hope you feel differently on Saturday. Well, it's also a bad sign when, like, their argument on the pay-per-view, Shivani's like, well, there's not really any college football on. I mean, there's Army-Navy, and that's it. So why not watch <laughs> this? Which is, fi- again, fine if you're charging $10. It's not fine if you're charging $40 after people just order the well, uh, maybe it's like kids from 18 to 22 that aren't in college yet no what it's kids it's kids that are in, in no it's it's they're they're going to west point oh it's all they're going to the naval academy yeah and they play football there yeah they have, they have football teams that compete against the other football teams isn't that like a little ridiculous they're, they're like still if I'm going the president, to college. Right? I go like, okay, what are we do? What's the war guys doing? And they go, well, some of them play football. I go, end that shit forever. Okay, or they put it. No, yes, because they put it on TV, and then some kid in like Peoria is going to see that and be like, I'm going to go join the army so I can go be a running back. <laughs> so I can play football. Holy yes. shit, you're and right. And then That's they go hilarious. play football, and then they go, they get sent off and deployed. That is evil, man. Yes, well, that's that. But instead of watching that, Scott, West Point is great, great football team. Yes, instead of that, Scott, you can go watch the Ring of Honor pay per view and pay forty dollars to see uh, the uh, Shane Taylor against Swerve in Our Glory. Yeah, man, that is really rough. That that's a rough match, dude. This is that's a rough pay per view. I like Shane Taylor. No, I, no. I, listen, I okay. So last week people were mad. They were like, "Why is Shane Taylor showing up? Like, who the fuck is he?" I like Shane Shane Taylor. What what I don't like is this. Let's ha- have a tag match against each other. So now Swerve and our glory have to unite again. They already had this weird moment. Don't do this thing. Let their feud start. It's just like it's like you're putting some shit on hold for the new year or something. 
where I half get it, but it's not making for great television. Yeah, the FTR Briscoes ad feels like a desperate, like, all right, we're just going to give you something amazing to make you want to tune in and watch this show. I'll say this, though, man. Those four guys, if anybody, it's like, you know, like middle of the day on a Saturday, like sun is still up. Like, it does feel like a hoedown. It's kind of fun. You know, you go like, all right, I'll, I'll watch those guys make each other bleed. Yes, it's but again, it's a throwaway purchase, not a. This is the same. I think it's probably is it the same price as the AEW pay per view, or is that like? 50 no, I think bucks? It, I think that might $10 be ten dollars more. Yeah, ten dollars less. But it, I mean, it should definitely be like twenty bucks max. Twenty bucks. It's it's. I I think you want a low price point, especially in December, when people are buying like holiday presents. Yeah, yeah. Like you don't have disposable income, and yeah, let alone you want people to invest. Uh, let alone am I excited to see like the third most important member of Blackpool Combat Club take on Chris Jericho in you know, a match that I'm pretty sure was on like Velocity once. I, well, dude, I will say this: I do, I do know that Tony Khan said that they're playing with house money this time. I guess they made so much money with the last two Ring of Honor pay per views that it don't fucking matter what they make this pay per view. But I do not see it doing well. Well, even more of a reason to like make it cheap, though, right? You make yeah. it cheap, or you. Don't do a pay per view until you're going to announce what's going to happen next with Ring of Honor. Like the you fact know, that one of Ring... these night of champion, whatever these Saturday things that they don't care about ever, like do do these kind of matches on a thing like that. I don't know. Yeah, it's just, just a bit shit. Put it on one of your take over Dark Elevation and no. have it be no. You don't need Dark and Dark Elevation. What is that getting you? Well, nothing. No, I guess I mean, they train more. I guess right. Not real. Not. Really? No, they'd be training more if they were out wrestling. That's the whole reason why I thought he bought Ring of Honor, was you have a company that has trucks and rings and a crew and a route that they can go run shows on the road, and you can take some of your young guys like Lee Johnson and Lee Moriarty and Brock Anderson and whoever it is and let them go wrestle in venues that hold 500, 1,000 people. You put some of the Ring of Honor guys on top, and let them go do whatever they're going to go do. And you go and sell. And, and Ring of Honor was still drawing something. And then you give them a YouTube show or, or put them on one of the streaming platforms and then have the entire Ring of Honor library cleaned up and available to stream. And now it's like, all right, you're putting something behind this and you have a built-in NXT with, a, with an established name and a lineage and people who genuinely care about it. Or do what they're doing now, which is make the invasion look like a smart idea. Well, they're not doing that. It's it, we're getting pretty close, Dan. <laughs> I mean, come on, you're like now, now that's just he's had no, a this was, few months. Do, right? do you not Let remember? Figure it hold out. Hold on, now. but do you not remember to sell the invasion pay per view? They were like, and we're going to give you the first time ever Jeff Hardy versus Rob Van Dam. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. That's what this FTR Briscoes match feels like. This feels like we're going to give you something that you're going to like, and you're going to sit through the rest of it. There's a little bit of that, but I think we might get some surprises. Yeah, man. Tully could come back. I think John Moxley might strut out, man. Bang his <laughs> head a few times on some shit. Oh, maybe Mike Bennett and Maria Kanellis will show up. And, oh, oh, wait, they already signed them. They already signed them. They're already part of the AEW roster. Is Bandito I wrestling? Bandito should be wrestling. Bandito is not wrestling. I really, dude. I mean, like, I'm starting to get really sick of this uh, fucking 
you know, Moxley, Grease, Fonzie act, you know, or outsiders. How many times do they send him out there to like fix the problems of the company? I really feel for him. Like he's constantly the band aid. He had to go out there and be the interim champ. Then he had to go out there and fix things when Punk left. Now he has to go out there and fix things when Regal left. Like he is not the guy that, that needs to be doing that shit. And the, the final thing I'll say in this, then I'm just, I'm tapping out. Like, the guy that should be the emotional center of your TV is a guy like Eddie Kingston, who is your modern day Mick Foley. He's a dude that the audience loves, who even if he's not doing anything of consequence, just him out there talking, you love that guy. And he's someone you can build to go into a feud with Max in a non-pay-per-view way where you put those guys on free TV once, the audience is going to be invested. He has an emotional story and wanted to see him win the title. And Max ultimately ripping that away from him makes him a bigger heel. But instead, Eddie's just gone. He had a dark match uh, or a pre-show match in the pay-per-view and is is like off floating in the ether. Yeah. Well, I can't disagree with that, but uh, I hope they do well. I actually do. I hope like both companies flourish because that means the wrestlers get paid more. <laughs> Wait, can I just read Jericho? He like reposted William Regal saying goodbye to the Blackpool Combat Club. And he wrote, good riddance, Regal. The Jericho Appreciation Society wins again. Glad you didn't die in AEW. (laughs) (laughs) He's Man, you know what it feels like? It feels like Christian is doing an impression of Chris Jericho now. Yeah, yeah. Um, But anyway, that was awesome. Scott, what do you got to promote this week? That's our episode. Mm, Nothing. I'm good. Oh, my podcast, my other podcast. podcast, Out for Smokes. Yeah, with Mike Rossini and Sean McCarthy. That's a blast. Uh, listen to that. I actually got a lot this this Friday. I'm going to be at uh, Rejects Beer Company in Middleton, Middletown, Rhode Island, one two four Awkward Neck Avenue. Uh, I'm going to be headlining uh, with you know a show there at Rejects Beer Company. So uh, come check me out, man. And on Saturday. I'll be opening for Dan Soder at the Bell House, which is really nice. Um, Where is that, Dan? That is in Brooklyn, New York. And I will be at Gotham Comedy Club on Tuesday night, the 13th. So doing a lot of live stuff, folks. Uh, oh, I got my YouTube channel up. Um, it's supposed to stand up. Wrestle Rust stuff is still all there. So don't worry about it. It's in all the previous videos thing. I'm going to make a queue eventually once I get to it. So, uh, yeah, there, there you go. Follow me on Instagram, Dan St. Germain. Anyone who's uh, on the show who hasn't followed me on Instagram, follow me on there. Uh, Robert? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at WWCreative underscore ISH. And actually, this weekend, I'm going to be at the Impact tapings in Pembroke Pines. Uh, the second time ever I've been to a, an Impact show. Uh, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a good time. Look, they put together some pretty good cards. So it'll like be. Uh... They're gonna play that soundbite for when you go missing. Yeah, you're every gonna get jumped. I, every time I hear Florida, it just sounds like you're you're like in the middle of a news report. Yeah, it's very possible. Uh, <laughs> well, Impact has been killing off a lot of their people recently, so it is it is possible. Oh, Lance uh, Storm works there now, right? Yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. most said about he and I are going to go grab Cracker Barrel. I haven't had Cracker Barrel in years because of COVID, so oh, uh, I might be more excited for getting Cracker Barrel than I am watching the actual wrestling, but. Uh, that's just because their pancakes and biscuits trump their racism. 
Can you uh I just had red lobster biscuits, by the way. Unbelievable. Um, can you ask him to do a Royal Rumble show again this year? I I could. We'll see what Not he says. Not at the dinner. Have a nice dinner. Oh, no, this is breakfast. It'll be him. fine. Um, yeah, I'll be like, spell, oh, it it out and, spell it out in syrup on his pancakes. Yeah. Yes, like a Valentine's Day card. Will you do my podcast? <laughs> Join no. our Patreon if you like our pod. We got a couple shirts too that are for sale at prowrestlingtees.com. And Scott, that's that's dope and shirt and that's dope mug. Uh, you can buy that from where is it? Robert? Teespring. I don't know. I haven't Spring. looked on it in a while. I got one of the shirts. I got one of the mugs. They're um, awesome. Is there a link to it on our Twitter? Yeah, it's on our it's on our Twitter. It's on our Facebook on the top of the uh, pinned gimmick. All right. So Facebook guys, follow us. Join our Facebook group. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. And I think we did it, guys. Until then, uh, wash your hands. Wash your damn hands. Now I got to figure out how to close this thing. That's that's the way to end that show. <laughs>